Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks postgame podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome in. Thanks for joining us here on this, what day is it, Thursday? Thursday night. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson. Mario Tirabasi is at the United Center. We are here in the Victory Lounge as the Hawks beat the LA Kings 2-1 to one in overtime. I would say on the back of Jonathan Taves' overtime winner, but the reality is on the back of Arvid Soderblom. He was absolutely outstanding, stopping 32 of 33 LA King shots. And Greg, this was a game the Hawks really had no business winning. Um, it was one of their worst performances overall of the year. One of the first times we can actually look at some of the individual performances and say bad, 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 bad. But there was one guy who was great. It was Arvid Soderblom. And because of him, uh, the Blackhawks get the extra point. They win it in overtime 2-1. to one. I think we have to start calling the young man Arvid Noderblom. I like this, it. After like this uh, performance. He's, man, he's good. The, 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 the difference that we're seeing Soderblom, uh, and by the way, he even said Soderblom. I know some yes. some broadcasters say Soderblom, but they had him on the screen during one of the intermissions during the hockey fight cancers, and he said, this is Arvid Soderblom, straight from the horse's mouth. So Soderblom is what we're going with. Um, Soderblom, Soderblom, doesn't matter. He was fantastic tonight. The difference that we've seen from that little bit that we saw him last year to now, completely different goaltender. Oh, but yeah. That goal, that, but in that little bit of emergency duty he got last year, that wasn't the same goalie that played in Rockford all of last year. I mean, I got to see a lot of his starts in Rockford up close and personal in person. He's just that calm goalie. And, you know, this game reminded me a lot of the Buffalo game from last weekend where they had no business being in the game. And yeah. all of a sudden, boom, they have a goal, a goal out of, literally out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Caleb Jones doing what he does, gets the puck on net. And, you know, it hits off of Jason Dickinson and it goes, it goes in the net. Caleb Jones, he yeah. six assists in the six games since he was a healthy scratch. Yep. Um, you know, he's doing what they were expecting Seth Jones to do in the lineup. And now Seth is out of lineup. So Caleb says, fine. I'm just going to shoot the puck. Yeah, I still very much miss uh, Seth Jones. Oh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> You're really seeing his absence on the power play. And, yeah, even if, you know, he's not picking up power play goals, his ability to enter the zone, his ability to control the puck at the blue line is very, very missed in this game um, and, and since he's been gone. But, yeah, let, let's focus on the guys that are here. Caleb Jones, we were tough on him to start, and deservedly so. He did not play well to start the season and he got scratched came back in and has been kind of a different guy and he plays with a lot of confidence and I think you know I don't know if if he's got much more of a ceiling than what he already is I I, I can't really envision him taking another step in his development and becoming much better than he is right now because when I look at him I just don't know what it is that he's great at doesn't have great speed, isn't a great scorer, isn't a great passer. He's pretty good at all those things. But I think, but if this is Caleb Jones, I, I can live with that as your sixth defenseman, your seventh defenseman, yeah. when maybe it's time to win again. Yeah. I mean, I think we're seeing a 
average NF- NHL defenseman having a great run yeah. these last few games. I don't think this is a coming out party per se. I don't think this is Caleb Jones becoming, you know, a Norris Trophy candidate defenseman, a point per game defense. No, but I think it's just it's a kid that's gaining some confidence. Because the coaching staff is showing confidence in him. Yes, they which are. Which is yes. what you can see happening up and down this lineup. Philip Kershev, even though he didn't have... Tough game for him today. It's probably his worst game of the season. But yeah. overall, he's a completely different player than he was last year. Part of that is the coaching staff believes in him. That makes him a better player. Caleb Jones is getting the trust from the coaching staff, and he's making the best of it. There's other players you can say like that, you know... Uh, since coming back in the lineup, Reese Johnson's been pretty good at doing yeah. what Reese Johnson does. He had that goal in the first game, should have had a goal the second game, uh, same exact play, but he does what he's supposed to do. And I think that's, the you know, they sat him down for a few games and then they put him back in and said, okay, this is what we want from you. We think you, we believe you can do it. Yep. And he's going out and doing it. Trust from a coaching staff in a young player is just so important it's so underrated too because if you're a young kid like Kershev last year thinking in his head well if I screw up here it's back to the press box for me yep or it's back to the fourth line or it's back to Rockford I may not play again for three weeks if I if I screw this up and what happens the puck will automatically go to him and he will whiff on it and we'll yep. be in the back of the other net. But when you know that you have a leash that you, hey, I can screw up, but I'm going to get right back out there on the next shift, and the coach is going to want me to make up for it, they usually do. Remember last year we talked a lot about you could see Kirby Doc thinking on the ice, and that is the worst thing for a hockey player. It is the worst thing for any athlete to be not using their instincts. Like Kevin Costner said in Bull Dorn, stop thinking it won't hurt the ball club. Yes, exactly. That is exactly right. And your point is spot on because when guys are not afraid to make mistakes, or maybe that's the wrong way to put it, but if they know that every mistake is not going to get them out of the lineup or get them punished, they play more loose. Every player makes mistakes. Patrick Kane had a ton of mistakes in this game. Jonathan Tay has made mistakes. Max Domi made mistakes. Everybody does it. You can't just... Like, live in that world of, if I screw up, I'm in the press box. That is a horrible way for a player to play. And look, if things start to pile up, we're going to get to it, I'm sure. But I think Philip Roos can probably use a game or two to take a deep breath, watch things from the press box. Things are starting to get away from him in the last two games a little bit. But it's fine. I don't think you're going to see Luke Richardson, you know, pounding a table saying, Philip Roos needs to be better, yada, yada, yada. No, it's a young guy making his, what was it, six NHL star, whatever it is. Like, these guys, it takes time, and mistakes are going to happen. And that's the beauty of a rebuild is you can tolerate them a little bit. But, you know, I, I like the guys seem to be in the mindset of, I'm going to come out here and play my game. If something goes wrong, fine, and I'll try not to let it happen again. And that's how you come up with a loose team that's playing their best hockey. We have a ton of comments to get to, uh, and we're going to. I, I know a lot of people are concerned about, um, this win saying like the tank isn't working out long way to go. The, look, and, and if they play this game 10 times, they lose it nine times. Yes. Same thing could be said, you know, or the Buffalo game, which yeah. they ended up losing, you know, the Islanders game, like they, 
they're going to lose more of these, a lot more of these games than they win. And this is, these are the type of games the Hawks are going to be in all season long. Outside of the opening night at Colorado, every game's been a one-goal game, with the exception of the Islanders game, but that was an empty netter in the final minute. That was yeah. essentially a one-goal game, one game. They are in every game. They, they haven't come out, even when they play poorly, like they did tonight, like they did against the Islanders, like they did against Buffalo, they somehow managed to literally pull goals out of their collective ass. Yeah. Really? Like they had like we were sitting there tonight like boy are they going to get a shot on goal before the end of the p- first period and then you know they're just getting I don't want to say dominated but they definitely were just not really in this game and then boom there's the goal you're up one nothing Yeah that it reminded me so much of that Buffalo game where they were just getting completely outplayed and then you blink your eye and they're up 2 to 1 Yeah Yep. Our buddy No Roy's just rage uh, in the chat. He has been most of the evening. Uh, just says, him and a, another, and Paul are going back and forth and says, just keep enjoying the Hawks out of the playoffs for another decade. They should have rebuilt in 26 or 2016. You rebuild through the draft. And, and yeah, it's true that this is probably going a little better than people had thought. But if you look at the underlying numbers, they're bad. They're bad by every metric you can find. And yesterday we had a really good discussion, if you missed it, about the futures of Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. We did an hour plus on basically that topic. If you missed it, go back and listen. We got into all of it about their futures and all the possibilities. But no Roy's point is you build through the draft. Next year, the Hawks have two first-round picks, two seconds, two-thirds, a fourth, a fifth, and a seventh. 2024, two firsts, two seconds, two-thirds, two fifths, a sixth and a seventh, you know, so, and there's going to be more to come, right? Even if Kane and Taves by some miracle decide to stay, they're still going to trade Domi. They're still going to trade Athanasiu. They're still going to find other pieces. To move. Like, even a guy like Jason Dickinson at the deadline can bring some oh, value. Yeah, you can definitely flip. Yeah. The there's a lot of guys on this roster who they can flip for pieces. And yes, you're Jujakara. Yeah. is another guy that a team might look for fourth line. Yeah. They're, that's why people who are like, oh, my God, the tank is 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 not ha- working. There's still 71 games to go. Yeah. There are still going to be this roster after March 3rd is going to be pitiful. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't worry. But just enjoy that we've got a competent hockey team. <laughs> well, and not just that. Like, if you watched the game, you saw the Blackhawks are not good. Like, right. The first goal was a fluky redirection where Jason Dickinson is like skating around the slot and has a stick out and Caleb Jones hits it and it goes in. Sweet. We got a goal. You know, great. Wonderful. And the overtime winner is it's fumbled by Fiala. Yeah. McCabe picks it up and gets it to Taves. Like it was a, it was an unforced error by you, the Kings that you had said that your autocorrect automatically turns uh, Fiala to fail to fail. And he certainly <laughs> failed on yes. that last play of the game. Yes. That was a, what do they call that in the hockey world? That was a pizza he served up right in front yes, of the net. Did. And yes, uh, so, yeah, they, they didn't, uh, they didn't deserve to win. They didn't deserve even a point in this game, but they got one because Arvid Soderblom played terrific. He was awesome. He had a couple of those saves in the third period, uh, just tremendous yeah he's he's just I, I, i'm super happy for him having followed him in rockford last year and just 
I know the way he performed the little bit of time he was up here last year. I know that really disappointed him because he knew he it's was better than win. that. So yeah. it's his first win. He should have two or three. Yeah. Um, but good for him. Uh, just tremendous effort. And uh, I, I think, you know, they don't, they didn't want him here this quick, but he's making it very hard for them to send him back at this point. Yeah. It's, it's uh, tough. And Luke Richardson even said that. Yeah, after, to me, he's your best goalie. I don't think there's any question about he it. He is. If, I mean, In, it, like if you seriously had a game to win, Who's your goalie? Out of those three? Yeah. It's Ivor Soderberg. Of course. I'm not yeah, even batting an eye. No, there's no question about it. Um, but Peter Mrazek, he's going to be back here soon. Uh, on this road trip, I would expect him to play. He was actually taking shots in the net in morning skate today. It was the first time he's done that. He'd skated the last couple of days, but when it came, he didn't really have any net uh, action, but he was taking a lot of shots in morning skate today. So I would assume... Um, Harvard will start Saturday in Winnipeg, and then Marazic will probably jump in uh, either in L.A. or Anaheim, those two West Coast trips. Uh, I, I'm going to assume he's going to take that trip. Marazic can come off an IR at any time now. He's eligible to come off. Um, and Stalock, you know, with, with Soderblom playing well, they can kind of be like, okay, take your time getting healthy. But those are two goalies. I think. I think when they're both here, Soderblom will go back to Rockford because again, Kyle Davidson wants to stick to his plan, and he wants Rockford to have a successful yeah. season and a deep playoff run. Yep. You're not going to do that with Mitchell Weeks and Jackson Stauber. No offense to those guys, but yeah, Arvid Soderblom is is the guy down there. So, and you probably want Mrazek and Staylock to play because talk about guys you could flip at the deadline. Those are two guys that if they're playing well, yep, teams always want a goalie. That's right. Yeah. I mean, at least one of those guys. You could I trade we'll Mrazic back to Toronto for another first round pick. <laughs> sure. And Austin Matthews. What? Um, nah, he don't, he don't want to fight nobody. He's a bum. One thing we should acknowledge, by the way, is because this has been a trend in the last few games. Um, Mackenzie Entwistle is boarded in the first period by uh, Brendan Lemieux and Jujar Kara and him. Uh, they dropped the gloves right away. Uh, Jason pointing that out in the chat here. Um, those things we've discussed a lot, like how impactful is it when you've got a veteran standing up for a kid? Right. That's the first time we've really seen that. Jujar, usually it would be the other way around where Kara gets hurt and somebody like Whistle drops the gloves. Uh, Kara saw a teammate get hit. Didn't matter how old he was, how experienced he was, and immediately uh, went after Lemieux. Not much of a fight there. He actually got the extra uh, minor on that one for unsportsmanlike, uh, and the Hawks killed off that power play. By the way, the Hawks did not allow a shot on goal. Shorthanded today, so that's uh, that's how you win hockey games. Yeah, p- p- penalty kill. Well, there was not only that play by Kara, but McCabe went after. I believe it was Mikey Anderson yeah. in the uh, second period. There was a he drove hard to the net and took a little extra whack at Arvid Soderblom after the whistle, and he just jumped right on him. And I don't know, maybe, maybe they did. Maybe Luke got in the ear of this team saying, "Hey." Your goalie's laying there. Maybe he gave him a little crap for not yeah. sticking up for Alex Daylock because they were certainly up for tonight. Uh, that that play with, with Kara, I mean, that, with Kara, that's that's part of his mo. That's part of what he does, and it's not surprising that they they're going to do this because this team they they are a tight knit group. Yeah, I mean, it's only eleven games into a season, but they've been 
They've got that us against the world mentality. They got that chip on their shoulder. Nobody expects us to do anything this year, so we're going to go out and prove them wrong. We heard that a lot. We heard that from Mackenzie Entwistle right before the the season opener in Denver, and we're all kind of like, yeah, okay, you kind of have to say that. They mean it. It's not just them saying it to say it. So I'm not surprised you're seeing more guys stepping up for each other, and I wouldn't be surprised if they caught an earful of letting that Alex Daylock yeah. play go unpunished. Well, look, you, you and I, I bet when the when the Hawks are in Long Island playing the Islanders, Casey Sezikis is going to have a receipt. He's going to have to answer for no doubt. And you look at the guys who um, Kyle Davidson has brought into this team from the moment he brought in Sam Lafferty. Character has been a huge focus, and the guys that he did keep from the Sam Bowman era. It's a dollar. Damn it. It's been a while, though. It has been a while. The jar is getting a little lonely there, so that's a dollar. All right, so I actually have cash on me today, so I'll do it when you tell people about the Shady Rays in a minute here. Um, yeah, uh, I lost my train of thought. I'm so mad at myself. No, um, that uh, even the guys that stayed from the past regime, they've all got that mentality. Murphy, McCabe, Kara, those guys who were here with the last regime are reflective of the kind of guys Davidson likes. Yeah, I mean, Lafferty was the first trade Davidson. Who was the first uh, new contract Davidson gave to last year? I don't know. It was Reese Johnson. Oh, He gave Reese right. Johnson that two-year deal. So, you know, and everybody was kind of like, Reese Johnson, you know, what are we doing? But you need guys like that on your team. Mm-hmm. Um, Lebowski5, one of our buddies, talking about the rebuild and the pieces, says um, – Regardless of taking a year off the rebuild, you need a young prospect or two that's the centerpiece of a new foundation. The Blackhawks have some fantastic foundational prospects. No centerpiece yet. I might disagree with that. I might say Kevin Korczynski is a centerpiece. Yes, I think Kevin Korczynski is a centerpiece type of player. I think so. It is very early. Yes. But that dude looked NHL ready from day one in a Hawks uniform. uh, Has been kicking ass in Seattle. With the Thunderbirds, more than a point per game, I think at this yes. point. Yeah, at one point, uh, read the rebuild 12, report for all that yeah. info. He had uh, twelve points in his first seven games, all assists. Yeah. So, I, so if, if you can bring, if if you have a ten-year number one defenseman on your hands already, that's a centerpiece. Now, of course, you need the forward, right? You need the next Patrick Kane, the next Jonathan Taves. Granted, that's difficult to do if you're not picking in the top three, four, five especially since the number three pick yet a few years ago is now gone. Yeah. Right? That hurts a little bit. But remember, stockpiling picks, you can trade up. After this year, you've got a crap ton of cap space. $21 million is walking out the door with Taze and Kane on their own. That's it. Just those two. You're going to have to spend about almost $60 million to hit the cap. Or yes. Next year. Yes. So so free agents can be signed too. They're like gonna be. They've got like bears type cap space <laughs> next year. Like yeah, they can go out and get whoever they want, whoever they choose to do. Uh, they could also take on bad contracts to get first round draft picks. Yes. Expect them to do more of that this year. But if they really, I think look, if they don't win the dra- draft lottery, whoever gets number one is taking Bedard. Yeah. Right, that is that's a given. He is absolutely tearing it up. He had a five point game the other night. It's that's, but if the Hawks have three first round picks this year or something like that, and they say, hey, we really want Adam Fantilli, 
we think that he is the next huge part of this team, and they make a phone call, they can get that done. They'll find a you can find a way to get that number two or number three pick, two or three first round picks for the number two overall. Yeah, of course. Like it's the success of this season and this rebuild is not a hundred percent resting on if we get Connor Bedard or not. Thank you. Yeah, I think that that needs to be if they don't get Connor Bedard. It's not a failure. Don't start. I mean, it would be great if they did. Yes, it would be. <laughs> it'd be super disappointing. Yeah, but it's not. It's not. But, if they don't get the number one pick, I don't want to see the hashtags fire Davidson. Well, look, even if they not, if they went zero and eighty two, they still have a less it. than twenty percent chance yeah. of getting him. Strange things can happen. Let's yes. Like <laughs> if if they don't get number one, it doesn't mean this was a failure or the rebuild is is is. Off to a terrible start. I was really impressed with the way this regime drafted this past draft. Yeah. It's not one guy in the room saying, I know more than all of you, I'm drafting this guy from the U.S. development program three rounds too early. Right. It's a general manager listening to his scouting department. Yeah. It's a staff making a group decision on who the best player is. I know it's only one draft, but I've got more confidence in this regime drafting better than I ever had at any point of the last regime. I agree. I have a, I have now a lot the, of... Now the development is another step, but they seem to understand that more than the last regime. They are, they are, they are emphasizing well, it. He who shall not be named's development was... You're drafted. Now you're in the NHL. Congratulations. Yeah. Oh, you suck after six games? Columbus, you want this guy? Yeah, and we've hired a clown bag to develop you, so yeah. enjoy that. So the development is the next step, but I have confidence, I have faith that they're going to nail that as well. The fact that Lucas Reichel is not on this team tells you all you need to know about their commitment to development. There you go. And you could say that's about the tank, whatever. Uh, on that note, by the way, and we'll get into this when we have one of our longer non-postgame shows soon, Um Piece today from Scott Powers in the Athletic. The Ice Hawks played an early morning game. Was it yesterday? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and and Reichel had a bad game, and the whole Hawks brass was there to see it. Uh, the, um, the the now I can't think of the Ice Hawks coach because I always Andrew get Sorensen. Sorensen. I always get him and Soderblom mixed up. Sorensen called him out. Reichel called himself out. Like he's just not ready yet. So funny how that works, though. Like the the. Pressure is like, hey, let's get this kid up here. Like, nope, he's bad. He had one bad game. Did you see that one game? Did that you he see had? that weird ten thirty in the morning Wednesday morning game? He was terrible. He's got to stay down here till Christmas now. Yeah. All right. Let's do the game recap. We'll tell you about uh, Shady Rays and Athletic Greens, and and Mario should be with us soon. I would think, unless uh, Luca got locked in the stall or something. Uh, first period, Hawks go five minutes into the game without getting a shot on goal. Uh, Actually, their first shot came at 9.45 into the first period, but it was a good one. One-on-one, Andreas Athanasiu up against uh, Anze Kopitar. He walks Kopitar, goes right through him. Nutmegs him, has a nice uh, scoring chance on Jonathan Quick, but he makes a save. That's the Hawks' first shot of the game, 9.45 into the first period. Um then we had the Brendan Lemieux hit on Entwistle, where him and Kara dropped the gloves. The Kings go into power play. 
uh, Domi was the guy who served the extra uh, minor, um, and they killed the penalty again. They did not allow a shot on goal on the penalty kill the entire game. So uh, shout out to the Hawks penalty killers. After the first period, they're outshot nine to five after twenty minutes. One of the Hawks shots was a Jason Dickinson clearing attempt from his knees at the Hawks blue line that just happened to go on goal to Jonathan Quick, so it wasn't really a shot on goal. Technically it was, but he was just trying to clear the puck, and it happened to go into the crease area. So that was one of the five shots on goal. Second period, I have uh, very few notes about the second because that was... Um, oof. Outside of the goals. Yeah, the goals were in. Um, 12.54 in, the Jason Dickinson goal. His fourth of the year, by the way. Caleb Jones flips a shot. Uh, he redirects it from the uh, right in the middle of the slot there, gets past Jonathan Quick, so he picks up his fourth. Uh, Caleb Jones, his sixth assist of the year. Philip Roos gets his second assist of the game. Uh, the next shift, the Hawks put their fourth line out. Kara, Kachuk, and Reese Johnson, a very physical shift, a s- sustained zone time, a uh, really, really nice shift for that line. Of course, nothing comes of it. Uh, about four minutes later, three and a half minutes later, the Kings tie the game. Blake Lazat gets a two-on-one and puts it right past the outstretched leg of Arvid, Arvid Soderblom. Uh, Kelly Evan Walker pick up the assist on that one. Hawks go back on the uh, on the power play, sixteen forty-two uh, into the second. Absolutely nothing happens on that one. Uh, and I have here in my notes, uh, Roos whiffs on an easy play behind his own net. Uh, rough night for him. He had a really really tough game. A couple in a row that he's been... Yeah, I hate to keep going back to my duck on the pond uh, metaphor, but it just is so accurate, and it's one of the best things I've ever heard. He might be served, better served watching a game or two from up top. Let Regula get in there and uh, see what happens. Yeah. Uh, Third period begins. Here's something I hadn't seen before. In all my years as a hockey fan, um, there's a high-sticking call on the Blackhawks. Caleb. Caleb Jones hits uh, Lazat in the face. Blood is drawn. They announce a. F- they say a four-minute penalty. We're gonna take a look at it. <laughs> Just the casual nature of the announcement delighted me. Go to the replay. They see that Caleb Jones's stick was lifted by an LA Kings player, thus causing the high stick. They completely wave off the penalty. I had never seen that before, but to me, that was cool. That's the right way to do it because it is no fault of the player yeah. that his stick was lifted into another guy's face. Yeah. No, that's uh, that I I'm not a big fan of replay. Yeah. But I, in those cases where it's it's black or white, yes or no. Yeah. I'm for it. Too many times it's it turns what used to be black or white into just a giant muddled, gross mess of gray. Yeah, that you take five minutes looking at it, and still you don't know what you're looking at. But stuff like that was good. And just a quick uh, shout out to Paul T. Thanks for the uh, the awesome comment there, and uh, thank you for tuning in. Because without you guys, we wouldn't be able to do this. So yeah, we appreciate thank you. we appreciate you more than you appreciate us sitting here blabbing for an hour. Yeah, we do not lose sight of how cool that this is. Uh, I feel like every day one of us is at. Uh, Practice or whatever, and just types out air quotes work yeah. <laughs> with whatever video we're putting out. I know it was Mario today, so yeah, thank you all for being there. And thanks, and thank, Brandon, for yeah. the super chat. Yes, Soderblom, awesome game, goalie win, stole two points tonight. Absolutely, 
Uh, he was great. Congrats on the first win for him. Hawks go back on the penalty kill about 11 minutes into the third, kill it off. And then late in the period, Kevin Fiala has a wide open net to shoot at. Aside from Arvid Soderblom's glove, glove save, save of the night, sends the game to overtime. And then a minute 31 in, Kevin Fiala can't handle the puck, turns it over to Jake McCabe, who very patiently takes the puck, turns to his forehand, waits a tick or two for Jonathan Taves to crash the net, puts it right on the tape, and you do that to uh, Jonathan Taves, and he's not going to miss very often. Seven-game point streak for Jonathan Taves, his seventh goal of the season, Jake McCabe with his third assist, and, of course, uh, 32 saves for Arvid Soderblom. So just an outstanding game uh, from him. And because of him, the Hawks it, the Hawks escape with two points. So, hey, you know what? The result, I guess, depending on how you want to look at it, was good despite the 60, you know, what, 64-and-a-half-minute uh, performance otherwise. Um, they get the win, and that's what matters. So props to Arvid Soderblom, and uh, congrats on his first NHL win, uh, one that he absolutely, absolutely stole for the Blackhawks. Absolutely. Well, we're still waiting on Mario. Yeah, must so be some, uh, uh, must be some yeah awesome stuff going on in post game. Yeah, either that or the elevator broke and he can't get back to. Well, the why don't we box. do this? Why don't we uh, let our friends know about uh, Shady Rays and Athletic Greens, and then we'll do the we'll update the tank standings as we wait for uh, for Mario to chime in. All right, I can do that once I get situated. Get adjusted. I was, I was waiting for a full screen graphic and I jumped the gun there. Uh, Shady Rays, do you like sunglasses? course you do do you like not paying a lot of money for sunglasses of course you do do you like watching jay put a dollar in the heel shouldn't have your name jar of course you do well then you should check out our friends at shady ray because it's not going to cost much more than what's in that fine jar to get yourself a pair of awesome sunglasses Shady Rays never understood why sunglasses were so expensive, so they set out to change it, and that's what they've done. You do not have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Rays have you and your eyeballs covered. Shady Rays are premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone and every lifestyle. The best part about Shady Rays they have one of the most insane protection programs in all of eyewear. If you lose or break your shades on day one, they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Did you drop them in a lake? Did you drop them off one of the many cliffs found here in the Chicagoland area? <laughs> Doesn't matter what you did. Did Brendan Lemieux knock them off your face trying to dodge punches? Well, it doesn't matter. They will, play, they will replace them for you. Even with that strong of a protection program, they still manage to make quality that I can tell you from being a longtime customer are just as good as any of those expensive name brands on the market. Shady Ray customers also agree. They have over 200,000 five-star reviews on their website. That's a lot. Plus, not only are you going to look awesome in your new sunglasses, but Shady Rays will do a good deed. They provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order placed and have donated over 20 million meals to date. They stand behind their product and they told our team that if anyone has any kind of problem, they will throw profit right out the window and do what it takes to get it right. Free returns and exchanges. You either love the shades or shady rays will pay to ship them back. That's it. 
And exclusive for our lovely CHGO listeners, because we love you and Shady Rays loves you. They're running their deepest deal of the season. Use the promo code CHGO at checkout, and you will get 50% off two or more pairs Bogo. at ShadyRays.com. I'm no math major, but that's buy one, get one free, kids, and everybody likes that. You can get two pairs of awesome shades for as low as 54 bucks. Once again, ShadyRays.com. That's where you can find all their newest and best shades. Go check them out. You won't regret it. I love me my Shady Rays. All right, uh, Mario is standing by, but first we want to tell you about Athletic Greens. And I know Mario usually handles these reads, but uh, I want to let everybody know, too, my wife uh, had my been wife. dealing with my wife. Uh, her Nope, not, not going to do that one. Um, <laughs> she, uh, she had been dealing with gut issues for a while. Um, just, you know, whatever changes were happening, and she just not feeling great, couldn't get her stomach right. And I brought home the free sample of Athletic Greens that we got. I said, hey, give it a shot. Who knows, you know, like. Who knows if it'll work? Uh, it has been part of her life every day since, and she's not had uh, gut issues at all since starting to take it. And it's really been a phenomenal change for uh, our household and for my wife who loves it. With just one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health and your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things you want to have working well in your body, AG1 will help you uh, achieve those goals. It tastes great. You just grab a scoop, put it in some water, boom, you're done. She drinks one every single morning, and she's not stopping anytime soon. Uh, it's just really, really good. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat uh, keto, paleo, vegan, Dairy-free, gluten-free, AG1 is for you. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, all while tasting good, and it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Athletic Greens is a climate-neutral certified company, and in 2020, they donated over 1.2 million meals to kids. So right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash chgo blackhawks Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Blackhawks to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We were going to do the tank standings waiting for Mario, but Mario's here now, so we'll do the tank standings later. Mario's with us from the United Center. Make sure you're following him on Twitter at Mario underscore Tirabasi. Oh, and by the way, smash that like button for us uh, while you're hanging out. What's up, Mario? What do we learn from Luke? What's up, guys? Um, yeah, I mean, it was uh, not the greatest effort from the Blackhawks tonight, not the greatest game, but um, you, you go home a winner and you, uh, you, you tip your, your cap to Jonathan Taze and, and Arvid Soderblom. They were the, uh, the two guys that the team needed the most tonight at, at, at the right times, and um, that was pretty much the, uh, the, the mood of the locker room. Uh, spoke with both Taze and Soderblom. That's loud. Uh, spoke with both Taze and Soderblom after the game, uh, and Luke Richardson as well. 
Um, giving props to those to those two guys, uh, Richardson did rightfully so. Um, and yeah, this was this was a game that the Blackhawks really. Uh, if if you look at the advanced stats, if you look at just watching the game, they had no business winning. Um, but this team, uh, the theme of early on in the season of them not really being ruled out of games, not really playing themselves out of games and, and, and keeping things tight, uh, continued. And and that was a, an effort that they uh, got rewarded for uh, in a game where they probably shouldn't have <laughs> come away with two points. Yeah, Arvid Soderblom's first win is certainly a memorable one. Uh, we were kind of the three of us talking during the game that Arvid Soderblom is probably the team's best goalie. Uh, at this point and, and Greg and I were saying before you jumped on like if you had one game you had to win let's say it's a you know it's a tank playoff for Connor Bedard and you have to win that game over the Coyotes Soderblom's your guy yeah I, I I think right now what we've seen out of him is a very small sample size um, but uh, something that I'm, I'm writing for tonight's Hawks hits which will be out uh, later tonight um, I'm on board with Arvid Soderblom like he's he is probably the number two option in the long-term plans for the Blackhawks as far as goaltending goes for, for prospects and everything. Drew Comezzo is, is probably the, the number one guy. Um, but I think what we've seen so far uh, from, from Soderblom uh, in his North American uh, career, both at the AHL level and NHL level, is that he can be reliable uh, early on in his career as, as a young goaltender um, in the first year plus of playing in North America, you know, it's a different game uh, here than it is over in Europe. The ice size is different. The speed is different. Um, the way shots come on to these guys, uh, you know, come on to the goalies is different. Um, he's handled it very well and stylistically much different than what we've seen out of uh, Alex Stalock. Uh, being Soderblom is, is very quiet in his net, not a lot of uh, extra movements. So that's definitely a, a, a different style to see uh in net and it's good to see it's good to see from a young guy like that so yeah from what we've seen so far from him at the nhl level um in the last few games i'm on board i i think he's definitely got uh what it takes to to, to make things work for him in, in in the nhl yeah that that uh as michael says in the chat the uh sort of blooming Camesso tandem suddenly looks uh pretty pretty fun in the future here, uh, looking looking down the road for the Hawks. But did Luke Richardson, you know, take some some time to really offer some praise of uh, Soderblom? This is the first time, I think, in a game where we can, this year and under Luke Richardson, where we can say a single player is pretty much responsible for the result. So I wonder how, you know, how how much praise did he, did he put on Soderblom after this one? Yeah, he he mentioned that uh, Soderblom received the championship belt from the from the group after the game, um, very rightfully so. Uh, and he he talked about just how poised and calm he is for a 23 year old, uh, both you know just as a personality trait and uh, how he plays the game. So I, I think again he he did say you know small sample size, but. It is uh, it is encouraging to see what uh, what Soderblom is is bringing to the table uh, as a goaltender and and you know this is not the ideal way that I think uh, he or many Blackhawks fans thought that he would get to the NHL uh, this season given the injuries to Alex Stalock and, and Peter Morazic um, but I think he's making the most of it and Luke Richardson did say that you know 
he he is playing well, but once Morazic and, and Stalock are both healthy, it's still likely the case that, that Soderblom will go back to the Rockford Ice Hogs because they want him playing more. They want him playing a lot. That's the, that's an organizational uh, thing. So once those two are are healthy again, it seems like no matter what Soderblom is doing, he'll probably go back to Rockford. And that kind of sucks. That kind of sucks for, uh, you know, a guy playing yeah. uh, well as he has, but it's better than carrying three goalies or telling one of these veterans, hey, go go down to Rockford, which I don't think that they would really – I don't think either of them would have signed up for uh, when coming to Chicago. So if that's the plan, which it seems to be, uh, that's okay, given that there's <laughs> – that's okay with me, given that there's injuries across the board – with goalies in the Blackhawks system, both at the AHL and NHL level. Um, so he's going to get playing time no matter where he's at. A couple things. I think you might have been uh, getting more gummy bears that were not contaminated by Mark Bergevin when they showed uh, Arvid Soderbloom on the scoreboard say his own name, and it is Soderbloom. He said Soderbloom. He said Arvid Soderbloom. So we no longer have to, we no longer have to uh, battle with that. And you mentioned a small sample size for Soderblom, which is true. There have not been a lot of games. However, when you watch him play, there's nothing that in his game that's luck or, you know, like, oh, that one just happened to hit him. And he's, you know what I mean? Like, he is positionally sound. He knows where to be. He knows how to square up. He's just so technically sound that I don't see, like, a sudden big drop-off after 5, 10, 15 games. He just looks real. And, of course, he's not going to stop 32 of 33 shots every night. Again, I say it all the time, hockey's like pinball. The puck's going everywhere all the time unpredictably. But there's nothing I see from him, even in this short sample size, that tells me, like, oh, well, this is all smoke and mirrors and reality's going to set in for Soderblom. Even last year, when he would get starts, he just looked... Like Luke said, calm and poised and positionally sound. And I, I say it every game, but he just reminds me so damn much of Corey Crawford. It's just the the way he's positioned, the way he controls rebounds. And when I say control, it doesn't mean he doesn't give rebounds, but he puts them in good position. Like he'll steer it into the corner or not into danger all the time. I, I'm just, I've been really impressed with him. And uh, there's nothing I see from him that tells me, like, oh, no, like the crash down to earth is coming for Soderblom. I don't think so. There were a few points tonight where he was in a position to make a save after either a redirect or a scramble or, you know, a, a, a rebound chance or a backdoor chance, whatever it was. There were a few times tonight where he was in a position to make a save that I, in, I said to myself, I was like, if that was Staylock, that might be in the back of the net because of, of the way that you know he, he reacts to, to positioning and where the puck, puck is and where it's going. And I think that that's, I think that's a big thing for him is, is, is that calmness uh, and poise that he has as a young goaltender. I think that that's really impressive and, and encouraging to see. And you, know, you saw it late in the third period. You know, the, the, the save he had uh, to keep the game tied and essentially – force overtime like that was a huge save that's a huge confidence booster uh for for the blackhawks out in front of him to know that you know there's there's someone back there that on any given night um 
we'll be able to make that kind of save. So that's 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 a huge confidence boost. And and I, I think again, uh, for for the age and experience that he has, um, to have shown the the calmness and net that he has so far in, in in his few NHL games, it's really encouraging. Before we get to the four star of the game, uh, was there any talk either from the players or Luke Richardson about? The uh, coming to the defense, you know, there was the play with Juju Arcara getting the fight uh, after they hit Jake McCabe jumped in, you know, to help defend Soderblom there in the game too. Was there any talk about that, you know, especially after how we talked about they didn't react to the Alex Stalock play. They were very quick to react to defend their teammates tonight. Was there any discussion about that? Um, not necessarily in uh, react the reaction whether they, they, they jumped into a scrum or not. It was more uh, uh, Luke Richardson kind of talking about Jujar Kara and, and his decision to, you know, get in get into it with uh, Brendan Lemieux uh, after the hit that he laid on either it was Entwistle or Reese Johnson. I can't remember exactly who it was, but, you know, borderline questionable hit. Um, and given Kara's history with, with injuries, we saw last season um, the concussions that, that he and everything he went through um, Richardson kind of just talked about, you know, him reacting in that way and, and, and wanting to stick up for, for his teammate and, and just kind of talked a little bit about what he talked with Kara about this season so far, about kind of being a little bit more protective of himself uh, in those kinds of situations, not being as, uh, as wide open in his game, uh, both, you know, physically during, between whistles and, and after them as well. So, uh, you know, he, he, he said he's, he said it before and he said it again tonight. He's never going to um, discourage a player from sticking up for a teammate. But uh, I, I think there was a little bit of a, you know, it, it's, it's instinctual for these guys to, to jump in. And they're not really thinking, oh, I've had concussion issues. I, I probably shouldn't stick up for my teammate. It, it's, it's pretty much ingrained in hockey players that they're going to do something like that. And for a guy like Jujar Kara, um, that's a part of his role is to be physical and to be a guy who is going to get into the middle of scrums when needed. So um, as far as, you know, just trying to stay healthy, that was more or less Richardson's point, but no issue with, with, you know, having a guy uh, stick up for a teammate. Uh, I don't think we're going to have, see Luke Richardson have an issue with any of that at all. Um, I think that's just uh, the, the, the kinds of players that he, he enjoys having on the team. All right, let's get to the fourth stars of the night. All right, the three stars of the game, and this one, number three, goes to Connor Murphy. He led the Blackhawks nice time with 15-43, a shot on goal, three hits, a takeaway, and a block shot. Number two star, Arvid Soderblom, who stopped 32 of 33 LA Kings shots, including a huge save on Kevin Fiala late in the game to preserve the tie to force the game into overtime. And the number one star of the game, Jonathan Taves, with a goal, uh, obviously extending his goal-scoring streak to uh, – or his point streak, rather, to seven games. Uh, I'm sorry, updating the ice time. That was 21-34 for uh, Connor Murphy. My box score had not updated until just now. Taves with the goal, plus one, 17-31 of ice time, two shots on goal. Weird night for him at the dot, by the way. For a guy who was second in the league behind only Max Domi. Don't call me Ty. Jonathan Taves won four and lost 13 faceoffs. 
Anze was eating his lunch today. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I was thinking before the game, like, this might be the one game where uh, the Hawks don't win the faceoff. Yeah, when, uh, you're, when you're facing Anze Kopitar and Phil Deneau, yes. 75% of the time, you're probably going to lose more than you win. Yes, uh, Philip Deneau, uh, 10 wins, 4 losses for him. That's that's pretty good. Uh, Kopitar won 10 and lost 7. So, yeah, uh, there you go. There you have it. Uh, that was just sort of the, the strange thing. All right. Uh, four star for me. I'm going to go with Jared Tenorti. Uh, played a very, uh, just sort of a solid game for a guy who uh, was picked up on waivers uh, right before, you know, right as the season was beginning. 1943 of ice time, a shot, another shot attempt, six hits, and two block shots. So solid defensive game for Jared Tenorti. Yeah. If we were going to do the uh, fourth star of the game for the Kings instead of the Blackhawks, we were talking, we would have picked that damn referee that kept getting in the way of the puck yeah. all night. Three plays. One of those happened on Tenorti, and then it led Connor Murphy taking a slap shot off the foot. Uh, yep. But um, Was it the foot? Was it the knee or the weenie, as I Dale don't know. It say. sounded like it hit a boot, so yeah. congratulations, Mrs. Murphy, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my, I'm sticking on the blue line for my fourth star. I'm going with good old number six. Jake McCabe, another just solid effort from him. That man just goes out there. He brings his lunch pail to work every day and just goes, does his things. He had the assist on the game-winning goal, jumped on that Fiala turnover uh, just under 21 minutes. He had the most shifts of anybody on a team, 29 shifts. Uh, By he, the way, praising Greg, had Jake McCabe as his four-star before the assist. Yes. Yes, I did. And part of that reason was he had five blocked shots, two hits, um, and a takeaway as well. So just that's what he does. And then, as I mentioned a little earlier, there was the play, I believe it was Mikey Anderson of the Kings, took an extra swat at Arvid Soderblom at the whistle, and he just jumped on him right away. And, and you know, those are the type of things. Jake McCabe is a leader. You walk into the Blackhawks locker yep. room after any practice, and he is just – you look at him and go, yeah, that man, if he tells me to run full speed in his brick wall, I'm going to do it. Let's try to get him in here. I'd love to I'd love to do it. Yeah, he's he's Put he's some pressure on these Hawks to help us out. He's a great uh, a great quote too. He's he doesn't he doesn't mince words either. He'll tell you exactly what's going on. So Jake McCabe, my fourth star. I think he's going to be uh this far from the last time he shows up in this segment this year. Yeah. Just a warrior. My fourth star of the night is uh, Dujar Kara. Um, spoke about him just just a, a little bit ago um, for jumping in and, and, and coming to see the uh, the defense of his teammate. Um, I, I think he's you know he's playing up to his role. Uh, it's it's been you know a little bit uh, of a challenge for him to, to get into and stay in the lineup a, a bit. And right now he's ta- making the most of an opportunity with. Uh, uh, Luke Richardson putting him into the lineup and, and putting Colin Blackwell uh, up here in the press box. Um, but yeah, I, I like the game from, from Kara tonight. Uh, I liked his physicality, uh, was kind of all over the ice, blocked a couple shots, laid a couple hits. Um, and I, I will say, uh, in, in, the, in the spirit of, of the segment, I wanted to go with Jujar Kara, um, but I, I do want to uh, go with a, a comment here from uh, our friend Tom. Um, tonight was uh, Hockey Fights Cancer Night, and it's always a, an emotional and inspiring night um, across the NHL, and uh, tonight was, was Chicago's. 
uh, night to, to honor those who are battling or who have gone through battles uh, with cancer. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's something that, uh, that, that touches all of us, whether directly or indirectly. We all know somebody, family member, friend, um, or someone who's watching or listening um, personally who has uh, dealt with cancer in some way in their life. And um, yeah, I, I think it's just, it's, it's, it's uh, a night to honor a lot of people who have gone through a lot of, sh a lot of battles. And, um, you know, the Blackhawks had some, some young kids uh, who were going through cancer um, treatments and, and, and whatnot that were on the ice. Um, some that have, you know, gone into remission, some that have completed treatments, uh, things like that. So it's, it's always tough to see but it always is, um, you know, an, a, a bit of an inspiration to to know that you know these these, these kids and, and and people of all ages uh, have gone through things that have that have come out uh, on on the better side of it, and those that um, have not, it's 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 a time to kind of honor their memories as well, uh, and and of course <clears throat> with the Blackhawks, Troy Murray um, front and center with uh, Hockey Fights Cancer Night tonight. He was he was out there for the uh, ceremonial puck drop. Uh, I think it's well documented the uh, struggles he's gone through with uh, with, with with his uh, battle with cancer, and great to see him. You know, being being at the rink, being on the radio broadcasts, TV broadcasts, uh, and and everything like that. So, um, want to give an extra shout out to uh, everyone who uh, is battling, gone through a battle, um, people that have have lost family members and friends. Um, it, it it touches everybody. So. Uh, I, I know we're not really encouraged. <laughs> we can let them fly uh, sometimes, so we're not encouraged to swear too much. But I'm just fuck cancer. I hate it, um, and, and I, I just uh, uh, I have I have some family members um, currently going through uh, some 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 cancer uh, treatments and whatnot. So uh, tonight was a night that um, just personally uh, I knew I knew it was. I knew it was the night that it was going to be hockey fight cancer night here. Um, it just put me in a, in a, in an interesting spot emotionally coming into the, to the rink and, and seeing all the, uh, I fight for signs and everything. Um, so I just wanted to, you know, again, shout out to, uh, to everyone that's gone through or going through something, uh, whether, you know, personally or someone that they know. Yeah, well said. Um, it was I was tearing up a little bit during yeah. that opening face-off. And you see these kids who are six years old, and it's just tough. I lost my dad to cancer uh, 10 years ago now, and he's the biggest reason I became a, Bla a Blackhawks fan. So it's an emotional night. There's nobody in that arena. There's nobody watching this show that hasn't had been touched one way or the other. So yeah, big stick tap to the Blackhawks for doing another fantastic job. Uh, with their hockey fights cancer night um, and hopefully those jerseys you can bid on those jerseys they wore in pregame hopefully they raise a ton of money yep. for cancer research and maybe one day you know we'll have another c word and it's called cure that's that's the goal yeah uh, thanks for bringing it up mario um, my mom a year ago uh, this time was diagnosed with stage two breast cancer uh, she's beaten it and gotten through it my dad battled prostate cancer about a decade ago, and he's a survivor as well. My Aunt Julie overcame one of the most aggressive cancers uh, ever. So uh, our family has certainly been touched, um, and we're very fortunate that everyone has been a survivor so far. And you mentioned Troy Murray's battle. Troy is one of, uh, first of all, a friend. Uh, second of all, one of the first um, Blackhawks I ever loved, 
right? Like one of my first favorite Hawks. Uh, you know, Ronick is the guy that hooked me in, and then Troy Murray was a guy like my that's the dude. I like that guy a lot. Um, his battle is it's tough. It's tough. And, you know, these tough hockey players don't talk about it a lot, but keep thinking about Troy. You know, of course, Eddie Olchek, a survivor as well, but these survivors are always kind of looking over their shoulders too because you never know when things might flare back up, and it's so great to see Troy um, back doing games, but his battle is not over. So uh, whatever you believe in, whatever you, wherever you send your thoughts um, or you know, wherever you send your money to fund these, this research, uh, please keep Troy in your hearts uh, during this too, because his battle is not over, and we're we're constantly thinking about him as well. So, uh, and I, I just want to shout out just the Hawks in general too, because everything they've done this year in terms of like game presentation, we had Native American Heritage Night the other night that was absolutely perfectly executed. They had the drum circle back today for Native American History Month for the intro of the game. Uh, and to have the kid uh, during the second period ring the bell that he had beaten cancer. Last chemo treatment. They had yeah. a uh, you know the lavender uh, bell in the crowd, and this kid's ringing the bell, and he's got all of his hockey teammates behind him cheering him yeah, on. That was awesome. It was outstanding, and the Hawks have done a fantastic job with all this stuff, but especially tonight. The touches were just perfect, and it wasn't heavy-handed, and it wasn't fake. It was really a beautiful thing to see. So, anyway, all right, Mario. Before we let you go, let's update the tank standings. And uh, boy, we, these are going to be. <laughs> yeah, we might, we be might be cut. We might be cutting this segment out here in another yeah, couple weeks. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, Our buddy. spinning tank that might be going over one of them cliffs with Oof. sunglasses. Yeah. All um, right, we got the uh, Canucks. Leading the tank standing, six points in 10 games. Columbus, uh, the same. St. Louis, that's nice to see the St. Louis Blues being terrible. Yeah, the Blues sucking warms my cold black heart. It really does. Uh, six points in nine games for them. Them and the Packers sucking simultaneously, just beautiful. And the Blues were 3-0 and to start the season. Well, you know, good for them. They're here on November 16th. I don't think Craig Berube's with them. There you go. Yep. Uh, San Jose, seven points in 12 games, and the Ducks, seven points in 10 games. There's your top five of the tank. The Hawks with 12 points in 11 games. They are 17th in the tank. They are closer standings. to first place in the Central than they are in last place overall. That's right. But, hey, big game this weekend at the Ducks. Lose that one in regulation, and you're right back in it. Yep. All right, Mario. Drive safe, man. We appreciate it, and we'll talk to you uh, Saturday. I have to say, it is great to see the Blues losing six in a row and Jordan Bennington filling his diaper tonight. It's just yep. a just a good way to drive home after two one OT. Or more of that. Who could have predicted that? that? The Bennington thing. Yeah, right. Everybody yeah. but the Blues. <laughs> All right, man. Take care. All right, we'll see you guys. See you, buddy. That is Mario Tirabasi. Make sure you're following him at Mario underscore Tirabasi on Twitter while you still have Twitter. Um, <laughs> All right, we got a lot to do and very little time to do it, so let's name our DraftKings king of the game. You're never going to guess who it is. That's right. It is Arvid Soderbloom again. Stop 32 of 33 king shots, one goal against. That's a 97% save percentage for Arvid Soderbloom. He is the the very obvious uh, DraftKings sportsbook 
king of the game and hockey fans it is time to hit the ice again and thanks to DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nhl you're in for the season of a lifetime new customers can bet five bucks on any nhl team and get 200 dollars in free bets if they win last night i won my first ever DraftKings sportsbook parlay i had the sabers winning jake gensel to score and alex tuck to score all three went through my $5 bet became a $50 win. Beautiful. Loved it. Thank you very much, Buffalo and Jake Gensel. Those, those same-game parlays are a blast. That's where you can turn small bets into bigger payouts. You combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at a huge payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. As soon as I won, I'm like, Boom, put that money in my bank account so I don't lose it on another game and you just, tonight. And you threw it in the, in the final <laughs> I did, yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code CHGO. Bet 5 bucks on any NHL team to win their game and get 200 bucks in free bets if they do. That's code CHGO at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And if that's not enough... My friends, it is time for the DraftKings Sportsbook Pick of the Week. The Pick of the Week. And we are going to go uh, with of one week. of those. <laughs> pick of the Week. I'm sorry. We're going to go with one of them fun same-game parlays for this Sunday's professional football tilt between our Chicago football players and those from <laughs> Miami. Uh, why? Because we're all going to be hanging friends. out at the corner of Roosevelt and Michigan yeah. at our second but far from last, CHGO tailgate party. Come join us before that big Chicago-Miami. 8 a.m. The festivities kick off. All you can eat, all you can drink, included with your ticket. We're going to have a DJ spinning tunes. We're going to have our awesome Chi-Town cornhole boxes out yep. there. Uh, just a great time. Really looking forward to it. We've got two new grills that are being were assembled today, and Green Ridge Farms, our friend's, Dropped off a butt ton of meat. <laughs> yes. And uh, we're going to cook it up. So go to allchgo.com. You'll see the banner right when you log in. Buy your tickets. There are two options. You can either get the ticket just for the tailgate party to hang out and drink with us all day. Or you can also get one that comes with a parking spot, too, if you're going to the Bears game. So, uh, yeah, and if you're going to the Bears game, scroll down, hit the like button, click on that game time link, and you get tickets to that game yep. as well. So, anyway... We're going to do a same-game parlay for that game. I am going with the – unfortunately, I'm taking the points and the Dolphins. The Dolphins is four and a half. I'm going to take those points and parlay it with Justin Fields rushing for over 54 and a half yards. So taking the four and a half and the Dolphins and Justin Fields to get at least 55 rushing yards – uh, that's a plus 400 odds right there. Are you so, taking or giving the points? I'm sorry, giving the points. Okay, all right. My mistake, sorry. Um, that's why I'm not on CHGO <laughs> bets. We are, uh, yes, we are giving up four and a half points on the Dolphins, but you know what? That defense, yeesh, no yeah. Roquan Smith. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm expecting a long day for the Bears defense, but uh, Justin Fields is going to run for a bunch of yards, so and there we go. Maybe run for his life. So That's that is our DraftKings pick of the week. Hey, as long as he runs for 55 yards and then gets stopped. I love it. 
Uh, we also want to welcome our newest sponsor, ComEd. The ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping facilities and businesses in the communities we serve uh, save money and energy. ComEd offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities, whether it's lighting, HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial industrial processes. I like that word, processes. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today. For energy-saving tips and to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash poweringbiz. That's comed.com slash poweringbiz. Ready to sign up for a facility assessment? Call 1-800, I'm sorry, call 1-855-433-2700 during normal business hours to speak with a ComEd Energy Efficiency Program representative. Email businessee at comed.com or request an assessment online on their website at comed.com slash facility assessment. All right. I think we're good. We're off tomorrow. We're back Saturday for post game. Sunday, we've got the CHGO Chicago football tailgate with all those great Green Ridge farm meets. Again, come join us. Come hang out. It's going to be 65 degrees yeah, in November. No excuse. Let's go. We'll no see excuse. you out there. Uh, come say hello, and we'll drink some uh, some beers and some liquid dust together and toast the Bears in the 1985 revenge game, my friends. If you've not already done it, please smash that like button. If you've not already done it, go on your favorite podcast app or apps. More than one is fine. And hit that subscribe button. And uh, if you want to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, that would help because a four-star review is basically a zero-star review. Fun fact. So just give five. All right? Just give five. If you like a podcast, give them five stars. Show them the love that they deserve. And uh, we love it, too. So for Greg, who's right there? And Mario, who's driving somewhere, I'm Jay. Thanks to Stefan for producing the show. <laughs> Jerk move, man. Jerk you move. knew I was going to do it. Oh, <laughs> this has been the CHGO Blackhawks postgame podcast.